Jared, what's going on, dude? <laughs> dude, I missed the countdown. I know there's no countdown, and uh, I, I think I have an advantage because I see it on my side when it's like thinking wheel, and then when it ends. So, I need control of the whatever it is, whatever the system <laughs> is that we podcast on. I need the control of it, just so you can beat me. Because you're never gonna beat me now. Because I'm always gonna know. I'm gonna fake you out. I'm gonna pretend to click it. Yeah, it's yeah, not gonna be real though. Yeah, it's not cool. Ah. Yep. What's up, Joel? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Just um, yeah. hanging out. It's Wednesday. I have all your CSRs in my house upstairs because we're nice. training training Natalie. So they're having nice. a, they're having them. a great they're having a grand old time up there. There's like six yep. babies up there. It's pretty crazy, dude. That is crazy. Yeah, but when there's that many babies, that means I can just come down here and work because the babies keep the babies oh, occupied. Yeah. That's cool. And there's oh, a lot of people up there who hold babies, so I can go get a bunch of stuff done. It's nice, dude. It's pretty cool to be able to. You know, owning a plumbing business, being able to provide opportunity for people. So like people like your wife or like the new CSR or Tanya or whatever, being able to provide that opportunity to like moms who can't work a normal job because they have little babies, but they could totally mm -hmm. be a CSR and work from home. Mm -hmm. That's cool. It's rad. Yeah. It, I mean, I've been super thankful for it just because it's, um, I mean, you're a good boss, which is nice. And then Ayla can work from home and then, yeah, you're welcome. And it's, see um, that last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll cut that for that at the end. Watch the podcast in another year. You might yeah, hear yeah. story. Be like, yeah, we'll see the podcast. You, every, audience, you'll notice my disposition will change and I'll be very yeah. much like, all right, podcast, Jared, go. Uh, there'll be somebody else over there. It'll be John. Yeah. It'll be John wearing my clothes though. So it's like not total shocker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> To buy your house just so he yeah. can sit in your basement. <laughs> yeah, even though I live in Florida. <laughs> yeah. That'd be so funny. Uh, going back off. to distance podcasting, uh, no reason. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's cool being able to have Ayla work at home and do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes the customers have to deal with the baby crying, but um, she's super good at just being like, oh, yeah, that's just uh, the new employee, you know, like... <laughs> Mom's always got jokes like that. And people yep. are like, and there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I hear that kid. Oh, how old's the kid? You know? So it's like, I think it can't yep. even add that level of humanity. You know, like, I don't think it hits that. It doesn't hit that unprofessional because, well, my wife doesn't like let it go there. Right. Right. Um, and I, I think, think COVID just, really just destroyed that barrier. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Everybody was working from home. So now it's totally normal to work from home. Mm -hmm. And so now people's expectations, they like understand, oh, you're working from home. It's yeah. normal. Right. Yeah. And, I think, and they can appreciate it because it gives people an opportunity who might not have been able to work before. Because right. it's like, oh yeah, you work from home. Oh, that's cool. Good for you. Like you can like do whatever you need to do at home with your babies, but still have a job, still bring yep. in some income. It's nice. Yeah. And it opens up new opportunities for business owners to then you know, their employees that do work from home to, well, just to hire people that can work from home. Right. So yeah. like before COVID, maybe it would have been a little weird if a baby was in the background after right. COVID totally normal. Yep. So exactly. now hiring moms who work from home who have babies is a totally normal option. Yep. It's a normal option. And I think what COVID also did is it made business owners think about how they structure their in-office space because right. you're now competing with the home 
And where the home certainly has good things about it, certain things are really difficult. Like working at home when I have six babies upstairs or something, that sucks. That's really hard to get stuff done. So going into an office is really appealing. But then you can think about your office as like, oh man, well, let's make this space an even more appealing space so that it can just be designed around efficiency and all this kind of stuff. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. It's probably been one of the best parts about being a business owner over the last few years of just hiring lots of different people Mm -hmm. has been providing opportunity just for those people. Yeah. Like for you, for, you know, I was able to hire you, um, provide you with a better opportunity. You've been able to hire, Mm -hmm. you know, our tech, all of our technicians. It's a better opportunity for them. They make more Mm -hmm. money. They have a better place to work. They have more freedom, more autonomy in their job. Mm Mm-hmm better livelihoods because of it mm-hmm. being able to hire a general manager who we had on our last podcast mm-hmm. um it's been pretty cool you know provide them with better opportunity do and you then, go ahead and then because we have you know because we're able to provide them with a better opportunity then they end up doing a better job at their job and mm-hmm. i get to have a better business and make more money yeah do so you think that win 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 do you think that business owners approach that their business in the same way that you just described as like thinking about how they've been able to provide opportunities for the employees that they hire? I think a lot of them would like the idea of that, but then I think a lot of them probably don't, they don't quite grasp it. Like one of my coaching clients, for instance, I've been trying to get this, um, you know, trying to get this idea of it's a win-win-win for you, for your employee, and for your customer, for you to charge what you're worth. And he just can't quite get it in his head. He's too worried about being competitive on price. Mm. And so he worries like, you know, I'm if I'm going to charge what I'm worth, then I'm not going to be competitive on price anymore. And mm. I'm not going to get any work. When that's totally not true. Um, yeah, what really ends up happening is when you can be charged what you're worth, then you can go pay your employees what they're worth. Right. And Mm -hmm. take care of them. You can Mm -hmm. then go, you know, then they can go take care of your customers. Well, because they're being cared for. Well, then your customers will like the service that you offered and Mm -hmm. they will gladly pay your bill for it. Um, but if you're not taking care of your people, then they're not going to take care of your customers. It's just how it is. Sure. And so we see that like in Fairbanks all the time in Fairbanks, Alaska, where my business is, we've got plumbing companies running around, not charging enough and then offering, not charging enough and then hiring employees and not paying them enough. So they're disgruntled. They're not set up for success. Sure. And then they go out to a customer's house and they can't provide a good service then the customer isn't happy. And like all of those businesses have shrunk over the years. And the only ones that have stayed around are the ones where the owner is actually going out in a truck, (laughs) right? Because he actually cares. He's a good employee. He's the best employee for his business. And that's the only thing holding the business together. Sure. Is that the owner is still out there working. Mm. And I would argue, you know, that owner, he doesn't have a business. He's just got to... He's just got a really crappy job. He's just got a job. And honestly, he might even see it in a way that he still has a job that's fulfilling and meaningful to him. Mm-hmm. But it's like his his potential is very limited. 
because it's all built upon him and his work that he's physically doing every day to sort of carry the the customer or carry the company. Right. And it's like, yep. there's, there's a whole other way of thinking and a whole other world out there that your company could have a better impact by doing it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, yeah, you bring up the competitive thing. Cause I think when we think about competition, the first thing that comes to mind is price in my experience, probably always, right? right. Like when we go and shop around, we're never thinking about, oh, I'm shopping around because I want to find a quality experience. Like when people say that they're shopping around because they want to find a different price, but that doesn't seem like it's the only metric to consider when we're considering, considering being competitive. What right. So like I would argue people probably, people shop around for quality, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't go buy a cheap flip phone, you go buy an iPhone. Right not because of the you know the price difference you know that the iphone's worth it sure so you so you do in in your everyday life go shop for quality um mm-hmm. and so what most plumbing business owners don't understand is that your plumbing business customer does the same thing they mm-hmm. shop around based on experience like who's going to create the best experience for the customer who's going to get to them mm-hmm. the fastest who's going to show up in a nice truck with nice technicians who know what they're doing and do work that they're not going to have to call the person back. Right. Cause at the end of the day, the plumbing customer just wants their day back. Mm. They don't want like, they mm, don't want to have sure. to call and deal with a company that's difficult to deal with. It takes multiple steps that takes, you know, a technician that maybe just put a bandaid on it. Then they got to call them back. Like, they don't want to deal with that. Right. Most homeowners want to call. They want the guy there instantly. They want the problem fixed instantly and they want it fixed well and they don't want to have to call them back ever again. <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> so if you can provide a service as close to that as possible, right? Then you're no longer competing on price. You're competing on service, right? Right. And competing on price is really, really hard because mm-hmm. it costs a lot to run a plumbing business. Like if mm-hmm. you run your numbers, it costs a lot of money to run a plumbing business. So to compete on price is just a race to the bottom. Sure. Whereas n- nobody wins in a race to the bottom. Nobody wins on the race to the bottom, right? And this is unfortunately the game that most plumbing businesses have played for a long, long time. Is they're, they're competing in that race to the bottom and they're reaching the bottom right? Yeah. (laughs) Or they're finding new bottoms. (laughs) Yeah. Finding new bottoms and they're not being profitable. They're not, they're just not doing anything. Right. They're not actually being competitive in any way in reality. Right. So Mm -hmm. you can't be competitive on price or you're going to lose. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What can you be competitive on? Um, You could be competitive on what you offer. So like the things that you talked about, you can be competitive on like, okay, figure out how to, do same day service. Yeah. That's, I think that's incredibly valuable. Can I offer a faster service than anybody else? Yes. Can I offer a more seamless experience than anybody yes. else? Yes. Can I offer the best technicians, better technicians than anybody else in my area? Mm-hmm. Can I offer, you know, an office staff that actually answers the phones and mm-hmm. answers their emails and takes care of the customer? Right. You know, all of those things are things that you can compete on. Like you can, you can raise the bar on the quality of service that you offer to an extremely high level. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you don't have any competition. Mm -hmm. Like you're so competitive that nobody can touch you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like nobody can touch the level of service that you offer. Mm -hmm. Um, like back that with, with dominating your market, right. On your marketing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you will kill it in any area, in any town, in any city, Mm -hmm. you will kill it. Quality service, tons of marketing, charging what you're worth, you will kill it. So what's like the biggest, oh, I don't know, steps for somebody to sort of approach their services like that with that competitive edge? Like that pursuit of excellence. Like what's the practical, like how do you, if you have a shop and it's not there, how do you get it there? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, you got to start with your price, right? You've got to start by pricing yourself properly. Otherwise you're not going to be able to afford to offer that service. Um, And then it goes, goes down to, you know, it just trickles down from there. You start charging properly. That means you can do proper marketing. Means you can pay your guys what they're worth. Um, means you can get programs like Service Titan on board, you know, things that make the process seamless. Mm-hmm, so get into mm-hmm. Service Titan, you can go flat rate so that you can give pricing quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can take pricing, you can take payment at the end of the job so the customer doesn't have to find an email in their email and try and yeah. pay you that way, mm-hmm. right? Like they don't want that. They want to be billed at the end. They want to pay you at the end. Sure. And they want the whole thing wrapped up, done. Sure. Um, So there's lots of steps to it. You know, lots of training goes into that. Um, But I think a lot of it is is mindset up here. Developing that that way of thinking like, okay, I'm not going to be the cheapest priced. I'm going to be the best service. And you can literally, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you offer the best service, you can price yourself whatever it costs to run that service plus 20, 30% profit margin. Mm -hmm. And you, people will pay it all day long Mm -hmm. and nobody can touch you. I think it's also important that as the business owner, when you're making those price changes to believe it in yourself because you're going to have to pitch it to your crew. Mm-hmm. Like we just had our conversation with Eddie last week and like Eddie's hardest thing was like, dude, I don't know if I buy into this. This is expensive. Uh-huh. Like, so you're going to have yeah. to convince me. And so you as a business owner need to be able to sit in those Monday meetings, whatever you do, however you structure it and really convince your crew that no, you guys actually are worth it. And if we don't feel like we're worth it, yep. Well, we need to get to the point where we are worth it. We need to figure out how, where we're failing that expectation, whether that's just a limiting mindset that you actually are worth it. You just don't believe it. Or it's like, no, we actually have to up our game. We actually have to do these things better so that we can provide the service that we're going to promise to provide. Because you need to have, you got to have buy-in to be able to do it. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, And I think probably the only reason that Eddie bought in was the fact that I was so bought in, right? Sure. So yeah. like if I didn't believe it, like you said, I never could have talked Eddie into it at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that that's like, that's kind of like the backbone of any sales, con- sales process or when we're trying to convince our friends of things, like they're going to believe us based upon our conviction. 
Because if I'm like, yeah, this is like a pretty good idea, it's probably going to work. And like, I don't know, man, like he did it. So let's just give it a run. Like, that's not going to like carry the troops forward. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to be like, no, listen. And it, it communicates too. Like, when you're really passionate about something, you can really help somebody along just with that passion. Um, Cause you're like, no, this is it, dude. This is awesome. Yep. You are worth it. We are awesome. And we will continue to be that. And this is the only way yeah. for us to be awesome is to be priced properly. Yep. Yeah. And, and really not just priced properly, but priced what you're worth. Right. Sure. It boils down to plumbers, like misunderstanding their worth. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't see the, the value in, you know, 20 years of experience. They don't see the value that there's a huge lack of plumbers right now. So naturally it's going to cost more to get a plumber to your house. Um, they have tons of knowledge that other mm -hmm. people don't have. They know how to fix things that other people don't know how to fix very quickly. It's a very, very valuable skill and it keeps getting more and more valuable. And then that skill, like as a business owner to be able to run a business create a service around that valuable skill that gets people there quickly, that creates a good experience, that service like matched with the expensive, you know, the valuable skill, that's what becomes this like uber valuable thing. Sure. Much more valuable than just the skill itself. Like you mix the skill and the business mm -hmm. and you've got this thing that you've built that, has incredible value mm -hmm. and you, and you can determine that value by knowing your costs, knowing what it costs you per billable hour to go to a customer's house, adding profit margin in there and you're pricing yourself honestly. And as long as you do that and you figure out what that number is, um, once you actually do that, it's likely higher than what you think it is. Right. And this is the case with like my coaching clients. We help them figure out what that number it is, what it actually costs per billable hour to go to somebody's mm. house. And it spits out a number that's higher than what they think they're worth. And so they have this incredibly hard time to um, go charge that hourly rate, right? Hmm. And then they get worried, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be competitive anymore. And it's like, man, you can go do it, dude. You can mm -hmm. go charge this amount, no problem. Just go provide a good service, charge this amount. You're going to win it all day long. How have you found to be able to convince people of their worth? You know, it's, um, it's probably the hardest part of walking somebody through coaching, right? Mm -hmm. So we can teach them the business of plumbing. I can teach them all the ins and outs. I can give them the spreadsheets. I can give them the SOPs, but the hardest part of running a plumbing business for a plumber to go from plumber to business owner is their mindset, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like when I used to run 100 mile races, probably 80% of it is mindset. The rest mm -hmm. of it is physical training. Like mm -hmm. you can force yourself to keep running over and over and over again, um, no matter how bad your legs hurt. So just like in business, you can know all the processes, have all the training, be 100% prepared. But if your mind doesn't believe in it, or if your mindset mm -hmm. isn't right, you're mm -hmm. not going to win. 
But if your mindset is right, if you believe in those processes, if you force yourself to move forward in those processes, then you're going to win. Are there any common objections that you hear? Because I kind of feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the common objections that the business owner is going to have could be very similar that the technician is going to have, that the business owner is then going to have to convince the technician. So are there any like common, common objections that you see across your clients or across the people that you talk to? Um, like what? Like, give me an example of one you're thinking about. Oh, I'm not really thinking about, I don't really know of anything, but it's just like, I mean, we already talked about like, dude, I don't think I'm worth that. Like that could be an example of probably, probably one of the most common objections. I don't even, um, I don't even think they make it that far. They usually end at, I can't charge that. Right. Oh, wow. And that's really like, gotcha. a, it's really not that they can't charge that. It's really, they don't believe that they're worth that. Yeah. So then you, so you have, to have to unpack point, that. You have to unpack that, right? You have to unpack mm -hmm. why they're worth that number, right? Why they're worth so much more than they think mm -hmm. they are. You're gotcha. scarce. Like think about a, mm -hmm. a, a mm -hmm. plumbing business owner who runs a really good service, right? Super mm -hmm. high quality service. That's an extremely rare thing this day and age. Mm -hmm. um, so supply and demand naturally, right? If something is very rare, it's usually way more expensive, mm -hmm. right? Because it's way harder to do this rare thing and it costs more right. to do this rare thing, right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Um, probably the best way that I've heard is that you have now made yourself a rare thing. You are not common anymore. You are uncommon. And yeah. uncommon things are worth more. Yeah. And... So it makes sense that now you, and then also layering on like, this is all the practical reasons of why you're valuable. Like think of how long you've been doing this. Think of how many yeah. things you know that nobody knows. Like yeah. you're being called to people's houses for a reason yeah. because they have no idea what to do. You know? Exactly. Like that's yeah. always, that's always blows my mind when like the price objection comes like from the technician to the client yeah. where it's just like, well, what are you going to do now? Like you called me to your house and this is what yeah. it costs to do the work you can't do it. Or if they're like, man, I think it's way too expensive. It's like, what do you mean you think it's way too expensive? Like you <laughs> don't know do how it. to do it. Yeah. If it's, if it's so <laughs> yeah. cheap and like you think go to Lowe's, get the thing and then do whatever yep. you have to do. Like nobody's stopping you. Like, yeah. Like, wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> um, I drove to your house. I spent 30 minutes driving to your house in probably a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you take the truck and the wrap and all the tools and the parts and it's probably a hundred grand. Yeah. Um, my boss is paying me, um, probably somewhere around 80 or $90 an hour all said and done. Um, and I'm only 50% percent, uh, effective. So he's paying me $160 <laughs> an hour. And yeah. on top of that, he's got, um, you know, $300,000 a year in marketing costs. Um, you know, couple hundred thousand dollars in business insurances it probably cost me you know ten dollars in gas to get here um you know all this stuff that nobody sees if you were to break all that down in front of the customer i think the customer would be like wow the, you guys are stupid for running this business like, why are you in this business right <laughs> yeah they would totally flip the script on the on the customer yeah because yeah they would mm -hmm. but they don't see that they just see a guy and a part and they're like, oh, I can get that part on Amazon for a hundred bucks. Sure. Um, and the, and they don't they don't put two and two together. They're like, right. this guy probably makes forty bucks an hour, and this part's only a hundred bucks. He's only here for an hour. It should only be a hundred and forty dollars. Right. Yeah.
If I was to do that, I would be broke as a joke. I'd be out of business. And that guy would not be at your house fixing your stuff because I couldn't afford to send him there. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the cost of you doing it. That's the cost of like the homeowner going there and doing it. And, And we all know from our own DIY projects, like... That's not like a simple, I go to Home Depot and I get the part and then I go and fix the problem. It's like, I go to Home Depot, I'm there for an hour trying to find whatever I need. If they have it, I bring it home. And then I call Jared and I say, Jared, I don't know how to work this stupid thing. Like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And then he talks me through it. And then I go, you know what? This is not worth it. I've spent all of my Saturday. I'm probably Mm -hmm. gonna have to spend my Sunday. Like, this is so obnoxious to me. Um, I wanted to do things and... That's just like my DIY experience, you know? And yeah, it's and what is in my mind more? Oh, yeah, definitely way more than. I mean, it's worth calling a professional to come to my house to fix my problem so I can just continue to live my life or go back to work, you know? Um, like when you yeah. have to stay at your house, like up here in Fairbanks, like if my heat goes out, now I have to stay at my house and tend my fire and all this kind of stuff. Like back when I actually had to go somewhere for work, it'd be a thing. Like I call me like, Hey, my power's out. I got to stay. Or it's just like my heat went out, whatever it is. I got to be home to make sure things don't freeze. And so if I have to do that for two, three, four, five days, Mm -hmm. then that gets a little more complicated depending on what my financial situation is. Mm -hmm. Now, if I call a plumbing company and I'm like, wow, this bill is really high, but I can get financing for it. Okay. Now I can begin. I can't get financing for my everyday life, you know, except for just to go take a big loan, I guess. But right. it's just easier to have that problem fixed in the shortest time possible and then move on with my life. And so that's what makes you competitive to be able to offer that service, to show yeah. up at my house, fix it, and then I can go back to work. And then my yeah. problems are all solved. And I know they're good for a minute. Like I can go the rest of the winter happy that my boiler's going to work because yep. I had somebody who was very good at it fix it. And that's exactly. like, like, that is worth that right there is worth a lot of money. Yeah, it's actually it's actually kind of cool because it's like, you know, your company works on my boiler. And so it's cool because I'm like, oh man, like I have no worries that something is weird with my boiler. Right. Cuz it's like the people who look at it every year are very very good at what they do. Yep. And they'll tell me what needs to get fixed and it'll get fixed to the highest degree if it needs. And so yeah. when it gets really cold, I'm not like, "Ooh, geez, I hope that janky thing I did is going to hold." Mhm. Yeah. And here's what here's where I think most um, plumbing business owners don't quite get it. Most plumbing business owners don't understand that there's people out in the world that are just like you that want their stuff fixed and they want it fixed right and they want their day back. They just don't get it. They don't understand that, that that's there. One second, Jared. I got crazy audio. Give me a second, <laughs> dude. It's I don't know what's going on, but it's awful. I could see the look on your face, and I couldn't even talk. Straight. <laughs> like, oh, I was no. like, whoa, what's going on? Uh, let's see. Ha, got it. Woo, what dude. I I don't know. I think the last podcast just started playing in my ears. It probably like finished downloading or something. And then it was like, let's just play this right now. And it was so loud. It was so weird. I apologize for that. What was, what did you say? What was the last thing you said? Dang it. Okay. Again, again. Okay. So that right there is what most homeowners don't understand. 
they most not homeowners most plumbing business owners don't understand mm, they don't understand mm, sure. that there's people just like joel just like you that wake up with a plumbing problem want to call a plumber or want to pay a plumber good money to make it out there quickly to take care of their problems so they don't have to think about it again yeah because most mm-hmm. like most plumbing business owners come from a place where they don't do that because they grew up in a home where they couldn't afford to do that Mm, um, but mm-hmm. the reality is there's like hundreds of thousands of people out in the world that can afford to do that. And they want to do that. And they're happy to give you their money for providing that service. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's definitely something that people don't think about is that like, there is people who can't afford what you're offering. And yeah. And so like, don't just think that everybody out there can only afford 140 bucks an hour parts and labor Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, don't think that like there's so many people out there that, well, I don't know. They either just have the means or they just view that it's a valuable thing that they need. So like, Oh yeah, I just got to get it done. Got to get it done. Got to get it done. Just make it happen. What am I going to do? Not have all my heating work. Like, yeah. Yeah, Like I was, I was raised in a home where we didn't pay anybody to do anything. We always Mm. fixed it. Right. My dad always figured it out. He was kind of a cheapskate. We had plenty of money to pay. Um, but, but he was such a cheapskate <laughs> that he was like, no, uh-uh. I'm uh, I'm fixing this myself. Yeah. But he also kind of enjoyed doing that and learning those things. And sure. he was halfway decent at it. So more power to him. Um, and then growing up, like me personally, you know, I grew up in the plumbing trades and around electricity and around construction. So for me to go fix anything on my home, was no big deal, like most plumbers and most plumbing business owners when they were coming up. So this idea of like paying somebody to come to your house and fix something is totally foreign Mm. to the people that are running plumbing businesses. Mm -hmm. And they miss the fact that there's plenty of people that where that's not foreign, that's totally normal. And they Mm -hmm. prefer it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those latter people who yeah doesn't like fixing things in my house that's just like mm-hmm. the the last thing i want to worry about mm-hmm. like <laughs> that's me my, now yeah my <laughs> wife is always trying to like either it's like doing some kind of diy project something she's like hey you should do this and i'm like that's the last thing i want to do because it's like for me the amount of time and effort to put into a labor that i don't care about sounds yeah. like a terrible waste of time it is well worth my money to go and pay a professional to just do it and then if it, the thing about that too, is I pay that professional to do it. And if for some reason they mess it up, I'm like, you got to fix that now. Instead of me messing it up be like, dang it, I got to take another week out of my time to figure this out. And then eventually calling a professional anyway, because I have friends who will fix their own stuff and it won't work and it won't work. And then they just call a professional and they're out so much time and money and all this kind of stuff. So what do you want from a professional? I just want them to be there and to do a good job. And then that's it. And I yeah. just want, I don't want to have yeah. to do it. That's really it. I just don't want to have to <laughs> yeah. mess with it. Yeah. <laughs> and so if, if like, you know, you called a plumbing company and you had a hard time getting a hold of them and had to leave a message and they called you back the next day and said, oh, maybe we can make it there in a couple of days. And oh yeah, that would. And they just would, showed up out of the blue <laughs> to your house, and then yeah, it would annoy me. It would not fixed be it, and then handed you a bill, but they look kind of shady. Like, is that what you would want? No, I mean, really, what I value out of like 
out of most any services, wherever I go, the thing that I value most is just like good, personable customer service. Like yeah. if I go to a restaurant and the food's mediocre, but the service is excellent, I will tip mm -hmm. well because yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this food wasn't that great, but you did a fantastic job. And yeah. I, that's awesome. And I'll keep yep. going back to that place. Uh, well, maybe I won't if the food is that bad, but like <laughs> I can definitely respect that like this person has got good customer service. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if we're talking about like phone conversation type stuff, like mm -hmm. this day and age, we all spend a certain amount of time on the phone trying to get help from somebody. And right. when I experience, like a good example in my mind is always Geico. When I call Geico, I'm rarely on hold. Like I mm -hmm. call, it maybe puts me on hold, runs me through a phone tree, and then boom, I'm talking to a person and they already have half my information. And it's like this quick, easy thing. I love yep. that. I yep. sat on the phone with this other company um, for probably four hours a day trying to get to a human. And I would get disconnected in the middle of it. And that stuff is the worst. I hate that. Yep. And so like, I'll, I'll, man, I'll, I value and I'll pay good money for a nice phone conversation where things are settled easily and quickly. And I don't have to worry about it. Yep. You said it like you hit the nail on the head there, right? And so most plumbing business owners do the opposite, trying to be competitive on the price when they should be being competitive on the service. Yeah. They should be doing a better service than everybody else. Mm. Making it as seamless as possible, as friendly as possible, as easy as possible to do business with them and then not worry about the price. The price is what it is. Yeah, sure. Because right. the price is objective, like we've talked about numerous mm -hmm. times. Like mm -hmm. the price is set because you put inputs in, you put numbers in, that is how you run your business. Mm -hmm. And then it gives you a price. Mm -hmm. Like there's no emotion in that. It's just what it is. Yeah, it doesn't lie. No, it's so, all right, that's your price now. Yep go charge that price and raise your level of service as high as you can. Like, don't even like, maybe it's like, I don't know. Tell me what you think about this, but not necessarily equating like this price to the value of our work mm -hmm. because your work should be as valuable as you could possibly make it. Right. But all that price is, is the amount of energy you need to keep putting into your business to continue to hit your goals. Right. Like, right. So like, like at the end of the day, it's no matter what kind of plumbing business you run, good service, bad service, if you actually run your numbers, it costs a lot to run a service business. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. So you're better off and you can't be competitive on price because it costs a lot of money, mm -hmm. just hands down. And most mm -hmm. people don't understand that. But once you understand <laughs> that, then it's like this game of, okay, I know it costs a lot of money for me to be in business and I have to charge my customer a lot of money in order to stay in business and make a profit, what do I need to do in order to make the amount that I have to charge okay? How do sure. I make the service worth what I'm charging, right? Mm -hmm. And you might even have to charge like another $10, $20 an hour on top of that already expensive price to make the service worth it, mm -hmm. but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. That is 100% worth it. The customer will... 100% be willing to pay for the quality service. And mm -hmm. that's what's going to set you apart from all the other guys who aren't offering a quality service. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing to remember with that, because I think I can hear arguments in my head that are like, well, I offer a quality service at a lower rate. But mm -hmm. if, I mean, again, 
you can only offer a quality service at a lower rate at a detriment to something. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you offer a quality service, but you are the owner and you are working 15 hours, 16 hours a day offering right. this quality service and you're not right. making a lot of money doing it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You're awesome at what you do and you're at that person's house and you stay there all night. But yep. at the end of the day, what are you really like providing this long standing service that's going to exist once you yeah. leave? Yeah. And I'd say if that's you, then you're, you might be doing good by your customers, right? But you're just killing yourself. Yeah. Like go work for another company. Sure. Come work for my company. We'll probably pay you just as much as you make in your own company and you'll work half the amount. <laughs> and you still It'll get be... to do what you like to do, which is provide yeah. a, and do a and really you can good go job. Provide an awesome service and make the same amount of money, but work half the amount and have retirement at the end of your life. Mm -hmm. it, it's a much better deal for you or start charging what you're worth, run a legitimate business and make better money that way. Quit working so much. That kind of leads me to a question. What's up with 24 hour service? I don't like, know. People like people, like I've been hearing these conversations um, from upstairs where all the CSRs hang out. And yeah. there's always this thing where it's like, especially when it's tied to a membership, like mm -hmm. customers are like, man, membership should include 24 hour service. Like that should be like yeah. a given. Like what's up with that? And Dude, like, what I is get it? like I get it from the customer standpoint. Um, cause they want to know that they can call in after hours and get 24 hour service, somebody out to their house to fix their heat when it's 40 below. But from a business standpoint, like it's hard to get plumbers, right? <laughs> right. Um, plumbers are very busy. So we're very busy when we're open, extremely busy. If I was to offer 24 hour service at my business, my plumbers would have to work 24 hours. Yeah, It'd be sure. nonstop. I couldn't even just have one. The one mm -hmm. guy wouldn't be able to keep up. And then people would be complaining that they called the 24 hour service, but we never got to them. Yeah, so sure. I would literally have to keep like all of my guys working 24 hours a day, seven days a week mm -hmm. to keep up with the demand of 24 hour service. And that's just not going to happen. Mm. And so we don't do it. And what I find happens is that the customers that really need 24 hour service, they're usually the ones that don't take care of their boiler during business hours, right? They don't mm. take care of their heating or their plumbing during business hours. Sure. Um, now is there, there are exceptions to that, but like, especially in Alaska, like if you live in Alaska and you rely on your house being heated, you should have some secondary source of heat, like right. a wood stove or backup heaters of some sort. Right. Right. Um, if you need 24 hour service that bad, I, I would put it back on the homeowner and say, you live in a place where you need backup heat. So have some sort of backup heat, right? Yeah. Hmm. I think it's maybe a misunderstanding or maybe they just don't believe that you'll be there when you say you will. Right. Because like the whole idea of 24 hour service is a peace of mind thing. It says, right. I, if I have something wrong, I want to know that it can get fixed with the same parameters that we were just talking about. Like I want somebody yep. here. I want my problems to go away. Yep. And so when they hear the membership, like, you know, your membership, which includes priority scheduling, mm -hmm. I think they just don't like what that means is like something that's not the same as 24 hour service, but like as close as you're going to get within reason, because it's like, okay, mm -hmm. you're not paying for 24 hour service, but you're paying for priority scheduling, yep. which means that when you have a call and you call and you have a problem, I'm going to put you on the schedule ASAP. 
and your problem will get handled very, very quickly. Yep. And so it's like as close to 24 hours as you can get, like, you know, that's not going to be in the middle of the night, but like when a company opens up and we're like, Hey man, we got these members who need to get served. They called in the middle of the night. Let's get over there. Let's go take care of them. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what it boils down to is like, that's just the best we can do. Sure. It's just not feasible to do 24 hour service. If I could find 12 more plumbers that wanted to work nights and weekends, then maybe, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So what does it look like for companies that do have 24 hour service? It sucks. I've worked for them before. What ends up (laughs) happening is (laughs) it does. It's terrible. Like, like for, for, especially in Alaska, you know, for a heating company in Alaska, plumbing and heating, basically you put somebody on call and you take Mm. turns being on call. So the place I worked, we had like four guys, only three of us were qualified to be on call. So every, every third week I was on call Mm -hmm. and any call that came in, I had to go run. Well, if it got 40 below, it was like nonstop calls coming in. You couldn't get to them all with one guy. And this is a company that didn't do any advertising. They were a relatively small company. Um, and we could have kept all three guys busy on call, just working all day long. And it was it's mentally exhausting as a technician. You completely like you're out all night and come back to work the next day to mm-hmm. work because you have to, because you got calls during the day too. Um, you're not doing a very good job. Yeah. You're not offering a very good service to the customers during the day because you're hmm. tired from being up all night trying to solve those problems. And it just, it doesn't work out. Hmm. it's a total nightmare and it creates like this whole other Mm. side of your business. Yeah. You have to have these special systems for 24 hour service, these special ways of doing things, these, and it just turns into a giant pain in the butt. Yeah. And then you have the cultural element too of like, Oh, I'm on call. This sucks. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm always on call cause he's always off or whatever. Like you start to have these sort of weird yeah. things go down or, or, you know, I've, I've experienced this with guys who are like, I'll work every overtime shift you give me boss, every overtime mm-hmm. shift you give me. And then I say, all right, cool, man, here's all the overtime shifts. And then two weeks later, they're like, I hate my life. And they like yeah. put it this big thing. I'm like, what are you yeah. talking about? You told me you were good. Like, yeah. 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 That was like, like Eddie over at the last place I worked, my general manager, he was constantly on call. Cause he was the only one qualified to do half the stuff. So even the guys who were on call, they'd be calling Eddie and then Eddie would have to get yeah, his sure. on and start his van and drive to somebody's house. Yeah. And then, and then the company didn't make any money because and now, now they, they got, got two techs out there. Right? <laughs> yeah. Two yeah. techs who are already probably not charging what they should be charging. Yeah. So then the company's losing money <laughs> on call. Right. So yeah. it's a, it's like, it's just a total lose, lose, lose like homeowners. If it's cold, like have a way to deal with your emergencies, have a second source of heat, obviously like places where it's not such a big deal. Like you could just go plug in some electric heaters in the wall and you'll be fine. Right. People in Washington where it doesn't get cold. Um, I mean, it gets kind of cold, but not like it's not getting 40, 60 below cold where you only got a few hours. Right. Take care of yourself. Yeah have some backups and even like you know up here in alaska you know it's like yeah get your like i mean some of us got wood stoves sometimes the government says we can't have wood stoves and so that's like you're gonna have to figure something else out but take the proper precautions um yeah and then you know find that plumbing service 
who I would encourage to get the membership so that you can get scheduled. Cause you discover these things that like, I discover these things, you know, I don't discover this at like 8 PM. Right. I discovered right. these problems at like 4 a.m. when I'm like, wow, it is really quiet in my house. It's kind of mm-hmm. cold. What is going on here? So I right. discovered at 4 a.m. So I just have to survive four hours until the plumbing mm-hmm. company opens that I have a membership at that I call and I say, hey, I got no heat. It's been off for this long. Can you get out here? And the yep. only way that plumbing company can get out to me if it is doing all the things correctly, if it's priced yeah. right, if it's doing all these things, it has these infrastructure, these systems, and they say, yeah, sure, we can get you out there. But if they don't have those things and they're not priced correctly, then it's like two weeks and then I'm screwed. Yeah. Yep. So moral of the story is. Well, think of being competitive, not just in your price. Yes. You're not competitive when you're cheap. You're competitive when you're offering something that makes you a scarcity. Yes. And that is why you can charge money. But also remember that like you are valuable for so much more, right? Uh Like you went to school, you've done this for however many years. And now we're not even talking about like the crazy business expenses. We're just talking about you as the individual technician. Like, like think about what you do. You know what you do. Like you're worth it, dude. It's okay. And then also plumber is very valuable. Match that with a business that can get to people quickly and, and have good customer service. You create an insane amount of value. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Competition is a little bit more nuanced than just being cheap. So, <laughs> yep. Create the competition in the value, in the service you offer. Yeah. And you'll, and you'll win every time. That's really yeah. the moral of the story. Don't worry yeah. about how much you cost. Customers are willing to pay it as long as you offer the good service. Yep. And remember, there's a person like me. There's many people like me who will pay mm-hmm. good money for plumbing. Yep. So <laughs> I'm living proof that they exist. And there's many more of us. 100%. Cool. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, everybody. Hey, guys, if you like that episode and you want to see more content like that, I've picked out a special episode just for you. All you got to do is click right here. Go ahead and do it. Just click right there.